Down the Field, the world's largest air-supported podcast. I'm Ty Shelter, he's Chris Burke, and this is the Athletics Detroit Lions podcast. Chris is coming from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. You can hear press conferences going on in the background, NFL coaches, GMs, uh, executives, scouts, you know, everybody milling about and, and trying to get their eyes and measuring tapes and measuring lasers and everything else on these players as they interview for their chance to become professional football players. Uh, Chris, uh, right now it's uh, Thursday, Thursday lunchtime, noontime. Uh, how are things this combine this morning? Any big surprises from the measurements? Uh, I, you know, I don't know about big surprises. I mean, everyone was looking to see Kyler Murray, obviously, and I think he, uh, as I'm sure you'll see all over TV <laughs> for the next two months, uh, checked out. I, I mean, I think everything looked fine from a from a height, weight, you know, hand size perspective. The question on him is, he decided not. It sounds like he's not going to do any of the drills here, which um, is not a huge surprise, but also makes you wonder, like the weight that we're checking off, you know. Did he put on 20 pounds just to check off that box, and now he's going to lose it again? So he's fast for pro day, <laughs> or like, what's the right. what's the plan here? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly some of the wide receivers uh, are impressive. Um, the DK Metcalf uh, measurements yeah, were ridiculous. Um, Hakeem Butler had a had a great measurement, I, and that's kind of one of the like not to go rumor mongering right out of the gate, but uh, you know, one of the intriguing sort of subplots is this notion that the lions could move marvin jones and go looking wide receiver and i don't i don't know you know again it's not like i'm not reporting that that's happening but um it's something that i've heard come up more than once (laughs) since the end of the season so um just sort of file that one away in case you're looking for another twist and turn in round one very exciting um is there anybody were there any negative surprises anybody not tall enough to ride this ride uh <laughs> that's a good question i haven't uh on a, if we're being truthful i haven't had a chance to look at every single sure, measurement sure, sure. because i'm sitting here listening to all the coaches and gms say the same thing over and over again <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but yeah, I mean, well, uh, uh, just trying to pull up some of the numbers now to refresh my memory. But anything jump out for you while you were looking through them? Uh, no, not really. And of course, you know, at this point, I, what really jumped out at me is the level of speculation over uh, Murray's hand size. Yeah. Uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported earlier today that his camp was confident that his hand size would measure well. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know, just. I mean, I guess you got to know one way or the other, right? Like, <laughs> right. Like, this feels like a pretty growing. easy. It's not like a 40 time, you know, where, you know, you, you run 10 right. of them a day right, and, right. and figure out, yeah, okay, well, we're averaging around here. It's like, measure his hand. How big is it? Like, uh, so, you know, all, all that stuff aside, let's, let's actually then dig into a little bit with the coaches and GM saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> uh, Bob Quinn and Matt Pat- Patricia took one of their uh, se- semi-annual, I think, opportunities to directly speak to the media about a wide range of topics. And, you know, I got to say, probably the biggest thing coming away from this is uh, Matt Patricia looked good, looked calm, relaxed, beard trimmed. It's rocking the like the 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 po what is that the po boy hat what do you call that um kind of a uh, Bruce Arian style K 
Kangal hat, but like forward, you know, like like he's about to go deliver some papes. Uh, just but he, but he looked he looked sharp, looked relaxed, looked like he was the head coach. Uh, you know, as you wrote a little bit at the Athletic, uh, he was you know drinking from the fire hose last year. Now seems more relaxed and comfortable in his skin as the Detroit Lions head coach. Yeah, I uh, had a brief conversation with our editor, uh, Allison Katsunika, because I was like, what do you want to call this hat when I'm writing about it? <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. we went, because uh, it's like, it looks like the Kangol hat, but it, I don't know for a fact that it is. Um, uh, yeah, I think I went with Newsboy cap. Um, but anyway, yeah, looking good. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I, I think uh, just amongst the Detroit media, there's sort of a, a conversation of is... Matt, did he like kind of hit the reset button on the media going into year two? Like, are we going to get a friendlier, like, okay. more relaxed yeah. Matt Patricia? Or, as is my theory, is this just his national media personality? Because I think we've seen that before, oh. too, where it's, you know, like he kind of puts on the show, like he. And I think he certainly is more comfortable here this year and, and, and more relaxed and everything. You know, last year he they couldn't hire him officially until. It, whatever it was three and a half weeks before this you know they're trying to put the staff together he was trying to get started on the roster all those things so i think right certainly they're more comfortable he's further along by a long shot uh in what he's doing with this draft and and how much he knows his roster and these prospects but um yeah i mean <laughs> i think i'm interested to see him kind of the next time we get him because i think that'll be you know back in the detroit setting if we if he's still kind of you know, uh, happy-go-lucky, because this was the personality he put out right away as the Lions head yeah. coach. Oh, you know? Yeah, oh, This was the guy when he came in, great press conferences, great meetings with the media. I sort of thought, oh, this is going to be – this could be pretty fun. And obviously things shifted, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. Uh, just the not, – it's not all that important in the draft discussion, but uh, as you mentioned, it, we got a little taste of the personality from Patricia that we haven't always gotten. Yeah, for sure, and and that was I think I think winning has a lot to do with that because I I think I know why the temperature of the room dropped ten degrees, uh, <laughs> and, and certainly it became it became a story in and of itself at least locally you know a little bit there were a couple of of times when uh, making the rounds a couple of flashpoints of the media so yeah no if he's trying to turn over a new leaf great if he's just putting on his ESPN sport coat you know. <laughs> And it is what it is. But uh, speaking of coach talk and platitudes, I listened, for me at least, the stream that I had, you absolutely could not hear the reporter's questions. And so this became like, I don't know if you've ever seen like the the strips were of, of Garfield where they edit out <laughs> yeah, Garfield's yeah. thoughts. Because, right. Or, you know, sometimes they do it without Garfield completely. I like the ones where they edit out Garfield's thoughts because in reality, he's a cat. And John can't possibly know what Garfield is thinking. And so you just have the reaction of John. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Same thing here, because it was like, yeah, huh? Lean forward. <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, well, we like him. You know, he's done a good job for us. Hard worker, uh, you know, smart player. So, yeah, we like him a lot. Next question. Yeah, he's done a good job for us. Uh, he's a smart player, hard worker. He's done, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
like outside of the context of knowing who he's talking about you're really not getting anything which really means you're probably not really getting anything in a lot of these things and obviously you you know you put up a lot of your thoughts at the athletic uh, but you know having had a night to sleep on it is there anything we really gleaned about either the draft or free agency or his approach to it from what patricia said um uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the the big things that came out is, as you mentioned, as I highlighted in the piece, I think a lot of people sort of touched on is, um, you know, just whether it's lip service or not, I think, you know, tight ends certainly on the table for them early on. I mean, I, I yeah. still get the feeling that they're going to go, you know, Bob Quinn talked and I um, just put in another post that's going up soon. You know, John Lynch said pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, you sort of weigh the debate of do you take if you have a need do you take a splashy guy in round one to fill that need or do you go sign a free agent who you've you know seen in the league for four years or six years and you know what you're getting and right. I think that that's sort of what they're weighing and I still get the sense that that once free agency opens we're going to see them throw money at probably at tight end at edge rusher and at cornerback and Ooh maybe get you know maybe the plan is to get someone at all those positions i mean i think the goal going into the draft is where you can say all right we don't need to take x position right right? and that's sort of what we talked about headed into last year is kind of the spot they were at um you know we knew they needed a running back um but there weren't a whole lot of necessarily glaring holes uh on that roster and it obviously didn't play out that way but you know on paper there weren't a whole lot of glaring holes and I think that's the goal so I wouldn't be shocked to see them go sign you know even if they have to spend a ton of money to go sign Trey Flowers and you know whomever the tight end happens you know give a year to Tyler Eifert and and go sign a veteran cornerback who just can you know can start sort of like what they thought Deshaun Shedd was going to be I think that that's kind of the takeaway is that I think that they're going to uh, you know I don't think they're going to come out of free agency with 40 million dollars in their pocket I think they're going to go spend a pretty good chunk of that to try and reshape this roster a little bit so they can go into the draft and say well all right our number one guy is you know it is TJ Hawkinson or it is Metcalf or who you know wherever the position is that's our number one guy we're going to take him we want best player available yeah I was flashing back to I think Martin Mayhew did that more explicitly like he would say I'm going to go sign some free agents so that we don't have any holes going into the draft you know and there'd be sometimes I'm, I'm trying to think of one or two in particular but there would be a guy inside a guy off the street and you'd go okay you're not fooling anybody Martin like that's <laughs> this is still a need going into the draft just because you signed XYZ you know veteran minimum guy on his you know fourth one-year deal in the last five years kind of right <laughs> right um, and, but and that's that yeah like there's obviously a limit to it you can't just sign oh this guy's a defensive end now we don't need a defensive end anymore and it's you know a guy who's right. gonna play 50 snaps for you like <laughs> there's got to be some some measure of uh, calculated risk there but um yeah i mean i that that is kind of the sense that i get that they're really kind of gearing up and i again as we've talked about before i think we're gonna see multiple trades from them this offseason too and that might start happening uh, that might start happening sooner rather than later you know just even sort of clear some space and clear some spots you know where they maybe have an overload before free agency and then they don't have to go spend a bunch of money because they're already settled somewhere so I I think this is gonna be a very busy offseason and hopefully you know hopefully that makes it an interesting offseason for the Lions. 
Absolutely. And, you know, hey, I don't, you know, Lions fans are done with winning in March and April. But uh, it, it is it is fun to win in March and April. You know, a big splashy trade, a big signing does help kind of whet your appetite for football. And we will talk about that a little bit when we come back here on Backward Down the Field, the world's largest air-supported podcast. Like what me and Chris Burke do on Backward Down the Field, you gotta subscribe to The Athletic Detroit. Get full access to all of Chris's incredible insider coverage, plus all of The Athletic's sister sites all around the country, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA. Believe me, it's more than worth the few dollars to subscribe to TheAthletic.com. You will not regret it. So Chris, always the scene in Indy, the Combine, trying to find people out talking out eating out drinking cornering them talking trying to get some quotes out of them what is your food game like what was it last <laughs> night where are you going tonight what's what's the scene like in indy this year yeah the big challenge coming down here is to try to get out of here without spending like six hundred dollars on food and drink <laughs> and not off to a great start um i uh you know, Last night was a little quieter. Got kind of like a favorite indie spot that I hit uh, with a few few guys, and um, I'm uh, doing a little hotel room shifting this weekend. So Friday, Saturday, I'm oh, right okay. uh, right downtown. Uh, you know, everything here is connected through like a series of walkways. So it's it's a really awesome right. downtown to go out and and do this. I think that's one of the reasons they really like having the combine here is because you know you can get to. 20 restaurants where people are going to be within uh you know half a mile and it's all indoors and it's all uh nice so, so nice. let's move down friday saturday and try and uh get my old man bones to uh make it to one of the you know 3 a.m 4 a.m oh yeah <laughs> evenings and just because that's really like you go to dinner like everyone tries to get dinner out of the way like if you can get a dinner with a source or something or someone that you know that's that's great but usually people you know go out do dinner like maybe you see someone while you're out to dinner kind of just casually relax for a little bit and then like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock you just pick a bar and camp out at the bar and wait (laughs) to see who's gonna come through and like maybe tell you something they're not supposed to tell you (laughs) i think that's the main plan Outstanding. All right. So, uh, you know, in Indy, rumors are circling, as you wrote again in the Athletic, uh, setting Aditi Kinkwabala. Lions have a new running back, running back coach, and you find that out when a running back coach gets <laughs> off the plane in Lions right. gear, right? Like, is how often does that kind of stuff happen for you when you're going down there, just like hoping news just like drops in your lap like that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. Like, you even as we're, you know. The, it seems like every day there's a couple new names kind of float. We have some coaches and GMs say, yeah, yeah, so-and-so, you know, Dante Fowler, Dominican Sue, like these guys are going to hit free agency. And you say, all right, well, that's another name to throw on the pile. But you also hear, you know, Justin Houston reportedly on the trade block. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a backup quarterback here or there that might be on the trade block. And and so that's, you know, then you'd spend a day or two kind of kicking the tires to see if, the Lions uh, have made those calls about Justin Houston and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that it is a very it's unusual because then this is, uh, you know, this and then the league meetings don't happen till the end of March, which is two weeks into free agency. So 
a lot of the player movement at that point has happened and you're sort of shifted into who's going to move and who's going to stay for the draft. So there's really this window between now and whatever, you know, March 11th, I guess, where you're going to see a lot of things start to develop. So, yeah, I think that that's certainly a big part of this just because everyone's here. <laughs> you know, you just right, right, right. naturally, I think some of those conversations are going to happen. I forget who originally said it. I should try and Google this, but somebody years and years ago called the combine the high holy days of tampering, and I really <laughs> right. think, I, I really think that captures the essence. Because, like you said, everybody's there. The players are there. You know, agents are there. Coaches are there. Executives are there, and uh, uh, the deal lubricant is flowing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that the like negotiation window that they open for the NFL is. Yeah. I mean, I guess it made sense because you do like the free agency start date would happen and then there'd be a hundred deals the first hour. And you're like, well, there's no way they just did those. And so at least right. they're sort of pretending now that it starts on March 11th. But yeah, I mean, I think down here, um, I think teams are careful to make sure they don't do anything that might get them in trouble down the line if they don't sign a guy or, you know, if they sign someone away from sure. the team, it's going to be upset. But I think you certainly have. You know, I'm sure Bob Quinn's out having those conversations with, you know, agents where it's maybe not, hey, we're interested in your guy, but the agent's saying, uh, hey, what, uh, how much money do you have available for an edge rusher? And <laughs> Bob yeah, Quinn right, says, right, oh, yeah. well, you know, we need this, this, and this, and we're hoping to spend $15 million on a number one edge rusher. And he's like, oh, cool. Here's my list of guys that I represent. <laughs> like, you know, it's just yeah. sort of winky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd certainly think that there's stuff that at least borders on tampering down here. Back in the, the back in the day, Storage Wars, that show, the the auction off, you know, the storage lockers and people try and get money for it. There's one where the, the guys take this gun to a museum like a, a weapons museum and the guy's kind of giving him the rundown oh this is a really nice piece you know um it's, it's kind of you know there's this doesn't match this you know the numbers don't match so it's not all original but it, like it's all old and it's all put together and it's been together for like a hundred years or whatever so you know it's it's you know really nice and the guy's like oh well like you know how much can i get for it he's like i'm a museum curator i'm not an appraiser i cannot give you a price and he's <laughs> like okay well like do you think i could get two thousand dollars <laughs> right for it? he goes it's a very nice gun do you think i could get three for it it's a very nice gun yeah do you think i could get four for it now remember what i said about the matching numbers <laughs> like it's just <laughs> you you get you get the idea so everybody feels each other out everybody feels out the market uh i guess right now the only thing left is to actually watch the players work out <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean i um, think a lot of the and as coaches and gms will tell you like the workouts are kind of nice because they want those numbers but a lot of it's already happening down here where you know the the medicals the meetings with the yeah. teams, I think those are probably one, two on the list, frankly. And then you get into the measurements and sort of, you know, what the 40 times are and what the short shuttle times and everything. But um, I think these first two, three days are probably just as important as as everything else, frankly. You know, I don't know. I, there definitely are guys who um, can boost or hurt their stock by their performances on the field. But I think a lot of it happens, you know, behind closed doors before we even get sure. a look at these guys. Sure. And now, is there anybody that you have tagged for 
I'm going to make sure I watch him do this drill or I'm really interested to see what his numbers are because that's going to affect whether or not the Lions are interested or whether or not the Lions maybe have a shot at a player that could otherwise be too high or too low. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think certainly the wide receiver tight end group is something that I'll be looking at um, to see some of those numbers and especially uh, keep mentioning guys like Hawkinson. Like he, yeah. we know he's a really good multifaceted tight end um but i've said this to someone on twitter like i have a hard time even if he's the number one tight end in this class and looks like he's a guy that can step in and play right away and you know catches the ball right and blocks all right for an nfl projection like i have a hard time believing a tight end's going top 10 if he's not like one of the uber athletes you know um so I, I'm interested to just sort of see how he tests and how some of these other guys test because that's clearly a position the Lions are going to be paying attention to. Um, Absolutely. And I think cornerback too, like, you know, and not necessarily because of what's going on with Tease Tabor, but there certainly are some guys in this class right up at the top, including, you know, DeAndre Baker is one of them, where you say, all right, he, he's physical, he can cover, uh, but what do we do if he's a 4-6 guy? Um, and so I think that those are really right. the two big ones. You know, they're looking at those positions as we get going here. And then how do you – are there any drills in general? Like for me, I love watching the offensive line drills, especially like the mirror drill and the kick slide drill because it really just shows you one after another – what they can do in space, what some of the key moves that they're actually going to be doing on the field are. Are there any workouts or drills like that that you always make sure to watch? I love the uh, gauntlet, the wide receiver gauntlet one. Uh, oh, yeah, where, you know, yeah. You know, like turn and catch and turn and catch and then run the line. And, you know, that, that one's one of my favorites. Um, and on the flip side, I like the, you know, the cornerback one that's or the defensive back one. It's pretty similar, but like ends with them turning and sprinting and trying to find it 40 yards downfield over their shoulder you know that one's always entertaining so absolutely uh, i guess i'm uh i guess i lean past catchers with the drills awesome okay well uh we know you've got a lot to get to we've got a lot to get to uh, certainly dvring for a lot of us uh, these drills and, and go back and watch for a lot of people i think it's the first time you know if, if you're not huge into college or if you're not watching the, the the college bowl games getting to know a lot of these players for the first time i think it's really helpful to be able to see them all in next to each other wearing the same thing and i, I think there's value in that above and beyond even whatever the numbers say at the end of the day Chris, I know you're working on a Q&A right now at The Athletic, yeah. <laughs> so everybody go check it out. Chris is going to be pumping out amazing content live from Indy the entire time. You're going to want to be on it. You're going to want to like, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And of course, subscribe to The Athletic because why would you not? We will catch you very, very soon here on Backward Down the Field, the world's largest air-supported podcast. Hit the stopwatch.